What's up, bro? How are you, man? Good. How about yourself? I'm good, man. Uh, I'm safe and I'm alive, so I'm grateful, man. <laughs> you guys How's well? your family doing? Oh, we're doing all right. We're just waiting for the baby to come at any point now. Oh, that's right. How could I forget, man? That, <laughs> that must wait. So, so how do, how does that? I mean, if you don't mind talking about like how like uh, like is there like a special plan uh, since it's a Corona issue? Like, what's what's up with that? Yeah, the hospital doesn't allow any visitors except for the partner. So I'm the only one that's going to be allowed. And then uh, they have to test both of us for COVID. So okay. when she gets admitted, um, then I have to go take the test. And then once I get cleared, then I can go inside the delivery room. Okay. Um, so, uh, so what happens to Miles then? Like, is that, like, do you drop them off at the, like, how does that work? Uh, we got we got aunties and uncles coming over to help take care of them. Okay, cool, awesome, yeah. awesome. That's that's crazy, bro. I I don't I wasn't even thinking about that. <laughs> that must be a crazy. Um, yeah, having but, a baby okay, during cool. a pandemic. Well, um, <laughs> that um, I mean, but what what a cool story to tell, right? <laughs> I guess you know we're definitely gonna remember this time for a long time. So. Yeah, man, for sure, man. Um, yeah, uh, I know you like to keep your family pretty private, so we'll, we'll kind of skip over to uh, boxing. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Um, yeah, man. So, uh, you know, uh, a couple things I wanted to uh, uh, talk about is um, first, I want to talk about kind of like your boxing journey as to why you got started, and secondly, um, I want to just because uh, I think there's a lot of confusion. Um, about choosing the right boxing glove. Yeah. Um, obviously, I know you made um, LVSR boxing out of your own need for a better pair of gloves. But um, so I kind of want to first start off with the story and then we'll kind of move on to um, how to choose uh, the best boxing glove for the person. Um, so, yeah, man. So kind of take me back to uh, uh, your first introduction into uh, boxing, like the first time you like that caught your interest or you fell in love with it. Like, what, what, what's like kind of tell us that story? Uh, I've always had an interest in uh, combat sports. I did taekwondo when I was younger. Um, right. But I found, um, remember Ward Gotti, the trilogy in the 90s? Yeah, yeah. That, that's what caught my attention to boxing, and I've always had an interest in boxing since then. And God, I haven't really so, done it. Yeah. So, I, Gotti, like that trilogy, is what really got caught your attention. Caught my attention. attention. Yeah. And I, I wanted to try it then, but then I never really had the balls to do it. Yeah. Uh huh. But then uh, all these years go by, and then I finally, you know, I'm like looking on Instagram, and I see that you're training uh, Michelle Mitch. And I was just thinking, like, damn, I could do that, you know. Even though in my, I'm in my old age at this point, but because uh, what, like, how old were you back? Like thirty? You were like thirty five. Thirty six when I okay, when 36. I saw you. I was thirty six when I saw you. Okay. I'm 30, 38 now, thirty nine. I'm not sure. <laughs> you, you know what, dude? Like, uh, it's so crazy because uh, my birthday just passed, and like, I was trying to figure out. I was like. Am I 37? Am I 38? Like, I lost track, so I didn't even, like, bother to, like, even go back and count that, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, ha- I I don't even care anymore. Just, yeah. I'm, in, I'm in my late 30s, that's what I tell people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so we we, we, uh, we linked up when you were, like, 30, 36, and then you saw me training Mish, and you're like, okay, cool, like, I, I think I can do that. Um, 
and, and nothing against Mish. Um, was it the fact that like she, it was a girl, or like was it the fact that she was another Korean? Like, what, like what was it about? Because I know, like, I'm not obviously I'm not the only boxing trainer out there. Like, what was it about that interaction that kind of caught your eye? Uh, the fact that she was a beginner and you were a beginner okay. kind of caught my eye because is you know boxing can be intimidating really oh absolutely man yeah absolutely super intimidating you know i was going through some stuff like emotionally internally so i was just like maybe this would be a good start for me to like try something new with somebody else yeah so i hit you up and then we started and it was probably the toughest workout i ever had in my life (laughs) uh that very first session yeah dude i think like the first two three minutes i wanted to quit i was like i'm i can't throw punches anymore i'm tired you know like um, I mean, uh, I, I, I honestly couldn't tell. Uh, but then again, like, I know you have like, you know, you I know your spirit is super tough. Um, and, and I know you also had experience with Chad and Yoshi. Um, was it Chad and Yoshi at the yard, right? No, Chad was at the yard. Yeah. Yoshi did okay. kickboxing in his early twenties too, but, um, I didn't know him back then. So. And what, what is it like, um, what was the thing that kind of didn't keep you going with Muay Thai? versus boxing Muay Thai is is hard and there's a lot more weapons but I feel like this the specialty of throwing hands you know it's 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 much more attractive for me because you can go deeper into just the simplest thing you know like uh just throwing a one-two there's so many different ways to throw the one-two you know like that that that's more attractive to me than you know throwing elbows and knees and Okay. <laughs> okay. And, and, and it's really nothing against Muay Thai. I, I think it's incredible art. It's just that we just, you know, some people like hip hop, some people like country music. It's just, it's just a preference, man. Yeah, man. They teach their own. If you, if you love Muay Thai more than boxing, that's fine too. You know? but, I mean, I, I like both sports, but to actually practice, I, I really, boxing was the one that was for me to like get into. Yeah. Got it. And um, I know you said that you were kind of going through some things like, was it like anxiety? Was it like depression or like, uh, like, I mean, uh, you can, you can reveal as much as you want or as little as you want. It's up to you. It's, uh, you, you create habits through for yourself throughout your life. And a lot of those are bad habits, you know, like I was just not taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. I was abusing alcohol, marijuana, mm-hmm. cigarettes, and I was living uh, without any consequences, you know, until uh, all those consequences came to collect, you know, they're like, all right, you've been doing this for a long time. Now we're going to make you feel the effects of it. So Got it. all of that hit kind of around the same time, depression, anxiety, uh, withdrawals. I couldn't go travel because I was worried about where I was going to obtain marijuana. You know? <laughs> oh, wow. That, that's yeah. crazy, bro. That's, that's crazy, man. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's okay. pr- pretty much where I was at. I was just, I just felt handcuffed, and I, I needed to find a release and uh, like another exercise or a hobby. So I was just looking on the hunt for something, and then that's when I found you. Um, was uh, w- uh, at that time were there a couple other things that you were considering, like, w- like I mean, maybe running or like CrossFit or Pilates, yoga, like or. Uh, or jujitsu, like, were any of those things kind of like 
an option in your mind for you? I mean, I was running a little bit just to start okay. the, the fitness journey again, but you know, running can be boring if you're by yourself all the time. <laughs> That's true. That's and plus, true. you know, I'm I'm a 25 year smoker, so running I wasn't very good at. Yeah. You know? Got it. So, Got it. like, I mean, there was no purpose to my running other than to just run. Like when I run now, it's there's a purpose to it. It's for boxing, so my running has gotten a lot better because of it. Got it. Okay. And um, so, what, like, what kind of was your, um, after our first few sessions, like, what was, like, uh, like, what were you after thoughts? I fell in love, man. Like, the way it kicked my ass, I just, I wanted to do more and more. I was, I was one of those guys that would shadow box in line, you know, like, in public, you know, like, if I see a reflection at, like, flip and punch you know <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of like uh like uh i know i know we kind of joke about this all the time but like you know some of our other mutual friends at golf like they they have to do like a shadow swing everywhere they go yeah right? like, you start a conversation <laughs> with them they start swinging it's just like <laughs> that's hilarious man. except for us it was imagining punching people dodging punches you know i was doing like pivots you know <laughs> like randomly that's, while i was walking that's crazy man so like uh was there like a you know more than the physical um uh was there like a mental shift like super early on or did it kind of take a while uh it took a little bit but it consumed me that's that's what i really uh liked about boxing it's like the first time i um played basketball all i ever mm-hmm. thought about after I, that was basketball you know like damn because I know, I know you're really good at basketball too, man. Uh, I mean, you're. I I think it would really be safe to say you you were a you were a local K Town legend when it came to boxing, right? I, I'm not even trying to gas you up. Like, would that be pretty accurate? Oh, you mean basketball? Yeah. Yeah, basketball. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was I was pretty I was decent, you know, back in the day. Like decent as in like I would whoop everybody's butt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, because. Uh, for those people that don't know, I mean, John and I, uh, we, we grew up in the same neighborhood. Uh, literally, we grew up in the same street, right? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Okay. You, you were just down the hill. I was up the hill. Yeah. And uh, we had a lot of mutual friends. We, uh, I don't know if you heard of me, but I definitely heard of you. And, oh, I knew uh, you since high school, I think. So. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. you go. It's right around like 10th grade or so. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. I mean, I, I think one thing that is very common among people that box uh, is uh, we have very addictive personalities. And, oh, yeah. um, and I think a lot of common things that happen is like we had a lot of bad habits, addictive bad habits, and then we found boxing and then that just kind of consumed us so much that we just kind of replaced the bad ones with the good, good um, habits. What, what do you think about that? I, I think that's very true words. You know, it's not the best way to go about breaking bad habits. But if it's the one you got, then might as well go with it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then work on yourself more and more and more as you get deeper into whatever hobby it is that consumes you. But as long as you find something that consumes you, you, you I think you can change, like, the fundamental part of yourself where where. You're trying to do things to better yourself, not just because you're trying to erase an addiction, you know? Yeah. Um, so let, let's kind of break this down, kind of uh, unpack this. Uh, so um, what about boxing? Um, I, I know we kind of talked about the difference between boxing and Muay Thai and, 
you know, throwing hands was, you know, a lot more attractive to you. But what what do you think it is about boxing that really just consumed you, that you wanted to learn more about it? Uh, it's the, it's the science, man. It's the sweet science. Dude. There's, it's like an endless pit of information that you can never, ever, ever, like, fully comprehend. And th- this can take you for the rest of your life and you will never master <laughs> anything, you know? like. <laughs> And, 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 you know, for some people, if you told them that, that would really sound like a really negative thing, right? But for you, it was, it was a really positive thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of those Goggins guys that I, 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 I like that fuel that fuels me, that negative talk, that negative energy, it fuels me, it brings that demon out. So, like, I, it's not everyone is prone to, like, thriving off of that. You know, some people need positive talk. I can yep. talk, but I really thrive off the negative talk, like calling myself, you know, nasty names and, you know, like challenging myself and, constantly. And, you know, it's, it's, it's so funny because, like, I, I'm surprised of how, how long we lasted together because I'm not really quite the negative talk dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, you're a positive um, talker. Yeah, you definitely are. Um, the funny thing is uh, I, you know, naturally I'm such a negative talker. But, you know, I, I worked many years to, you know, have more positive talk. And I think that kind of seeped into my clients. And uh, uh, but you you but you re, uh, you respond to both. Correct. If I'm not mistaken, I, I do respond to both. I think I I bring that demon out once the negative talk comes in, though, you know, like, a, OK, you know, Coach Jose, he's <laughs> he, he, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he's very nice during, like, uh, cardio boxing classes, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. When it comes to that. Yeah, man. I, uh, so what kind, of, what kind of things does uh, uh, Coach Jose say to you that, that, like, brings a demon out of you? Let's, let's, let's go there. He, he, he doesn't really, like, call me names or anything. He just, he, like... He shows his disappointment when I'm not performing to my utmost effort. Okay. Uh, he lets me know. He'll shake his head. He'll he'll say his other clients can do this. He can do that. And he just makes me feel guilty about not putting in 100%. And that always just kind of lights a fire under me. You know, like I always try to like, mm. I, I, I go to the point of wanting to throw up every single time. It comes down. And, um, so he kind of sounds like a Korean dad, except he's teaching you boxing. Yeah, Koreans and Mexicans are one I like. <laughs> that that is pretty true. That is pretty true. <laughs> um, so when you're not performing at your best, uh, is it really because you're not putting in the effort, or is it because like you're just not at that level, or is it a little bit of both? I think it's a little bit of both. You know, I'm thirty. I'm in my late thirties. I'm recovering from a quarter century of smoking and drinking it was just like mm. uh i have certain disadvantages yeah but i can do more and i'm probably not doing like 110 percent every single time but he he definitely tries to make sure that i get there you know because when you do those things for such a long time you're you know as much as i don't want to admit it about myself i'm a mentally weak person you know like so i need that extra help that little extra push you know, whether it be uh, uh, positive encouragement or negative talk, or uh, so you you uh, so you said you don't want to 
admit it, but you actually are a mentally weak person. Like, like is is that you just like being super harsh on yourself? Is, is that real reality? I think that's real reality, man. Otherwise, it, if you weren't a mentally weak person, you wouldn't get your get yourself in that kind of situation in the first place. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I actually never thought about it like that, but that's a good point. And, you know, uh, but at the same time, like I think you were very smart enough to be like, okay, cool. Like, I I do need some guidance and I do need some accountability as well too. Yeah, totally. And especially if you know people that have like actually lost to those battles, you know, like and are, are lost. It's um. Hello. Yeah. Sorry. Hello. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Kind of uh yeah i know some people uh, that have you know succumbed to that to addictions and depression and kind of lost themselves you know and and i didn't want to do that with myself so i i realized i needed some help and, and are these people like really close yeah to you? yeah family members friends you know okay okay wow yeah um i mean uh I, i've definitely been there too <laughs> um it was uh it was such a rough dark hole to climb out of but like yeah like to to get started is really hard because I think um you know first you have to admit that you're fucked up you know I think that in itself is a was kind of difficult for me um and then and then then once you admit that and you go okay shit like I I gotta really do something and then the road seems too far (laughs) You know, I mean, like, I can't see the... Oh, it's daunting, man. It's daunting. It's, it's, that first step is the hardest step, always. Very, very difficult, man. Um, But I also seeked out help as well, too. So um, I've trained with, you know, uh, I've trained with quite a few different trainers on many different disciplines, but there were a few that really made an impact on me. And I was super lucky to, to find that. Um, and, you know, also me becoming a coach was also I wanted to pay that forward as well, too. Um, and, and kind of going back to, you know, your, your mentality of what boxing does for you, kind of like an outlet and, you know, like like Coach Jose bringing the demon out of you. Uh, on your drive to the gym, like what are you saying or what do you what kind of self-talk are you having um... When I first started with boxing, it was just, it was a constant reminder of like, you can do this, don't throw up, get yourself relaxed. You know, like it was a constant cycle of like certain things that I wanted to like improve upon during my session. So I don't waste that session because I would drive over an hour to, to go session with either you or Jose. So yeah, no, and that's a huge commitment. Hour was important for me. So I constantly think in my head what I want to improve for that day or for that session. Um, now is like, I try not to think about it at all. I try to give all of my mental, emotional effort during that hour. So if I think anything about it, then I'm, I'm kind of like leaking energy, you know? So yes. now I'm, I'm yes. not a singer or I have no rhythm, but I'll, I'll try to sing in the car and just try to keep my mind, <laughs> <laughs> try to keep my mind off of boxing. That's, cool, <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool, man. I, I mean, you know, um, uh oh so i've recently been um uh not that i it's like the first time into it but uh 
you know, I've recently kind of gotten into kettlebells and I think like just being at home, like it kind of took me back to my, when I first started lifting, I was like, well, I can't have a whole gym. So I got myself a kettlebell and, you know, I, I kind of been uh, reviewing and kind of retracing my past back to kettlebells. And uh, uh, do you know uh, Pavel? I, I think they call him like the godfather of kettlebells. In yeah, Pavel Tatsuin. Yeah, it, it's a little difficult to pronounce yeah. his last name, but um, I was um, I was listening to him on a Tim Ferriss show on the Joe Rogan show, and um, you know he also kind of talked about like leaking. At, I think he said it on some sort of level like that, like leaking energy. Like you need to be able to control your energy through your breath and whatnot. And you know he's not the first person to say something yeah. like that, but. Um, I think the idea of containing energy is, is so important because, um, like, energy is it's, it's a real thing. And if you leak it, then we're fucked, you know, in any discipline that we do. I, yeah, I think so. You know, I, I, I equate it a lot to um, I, energy and, and focus is pretty much the same thing for me. And if you if Got you it. kind of focus on something all day long, then you just you're gonna make yourself weak when you actually do the thing. Got it. So I, I in that sense, yeah, I agree with him. You know, like save save what you're gonna do for when you do it. You know. That oh that that's a good one. Bro. <laughs> that's definitely a good one. <laughs> um. So so uh. So you used to have a lot of self talk. Now you just kind of try to listen to music and um, sing and whatnot to, to try to try to take your mind off. Yeah, I want to walk uh, in the gym with a what? smile, you know. Like, <laughs> got it, got it. Because uh, I know there was many times you didn't do that as well too when you first started. Yeah, because you know you, you're a beginner, you don't really know your process yet, and once you figure out your process, it becomes a lot easier to like improve. Yeah, you know? most definitely, and I think. Uh, you know, for anybody that's listening out there, um, uh, John knew exactly what to do. I, I think, number one, this is just who you are. Um, and this is why it happened. But John knew exactly how to get the most out of me because John would show up early. He would warm up. He would shadow box. He would jump rope. And by the time it was time for him to go, like, he was ready to rock and roll. Oh, yeah. You know, so you got every ounce and every minute out of me and we didn't waste a minute. No, not at all. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, to each his own. But if you have a boxing coach or even just any coach in any discipline, but since we're in a boxing setting, uh, if you want to get the most out of your boxing coach, show up early, warm up, jump rope, uh, learn how to wrap your hands because that takes time out of your session. Don't do that. Yeah, that is number one thing. But if that's not what you're about, that's okay too. Every client's different. But if you want to get more out of your trainer or your coach, show up early, wrap your hands, and warm up. I think it was um, Coach Mustafa. Uh, he was like, if if you want to improve and if you want your coach to respond to you, uh, you have to show your commitment. You have to oh, let them know that you want to get better. You're committed to this and you're willing to put in more than anybody else. And then your coach will respond. You know, he'll see that you want to improve and he'll make you improve. You know? that, that is true, man. That is true. Uh, you know, um, as, a, as a teacher, if your student is fueled, you want to fuel that. Oh, fire. fuck yeah. And obviously, as a teacher, you will want to do 
the best for your student. But if the student doesn't want it, there's really little to nothing yeah, that the teacher can do as well. You're just going to give them that patty kick and then kick them the fuck out of there. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I think um, I've been super lucky enough. Um, I honestly don't have any clients like that that want to just come in and just like, you know, pitter patter for an entire hour and just leave. Like, I've been super, super lucky. So um, I'm super grateful. And all really started with, with you because uh, John was my very first paint client ever. <laughs> still is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, still is. Still is. Um, so I really appreciate that. Um, and so to kind of like uh, uh, kind of turn the curve on this. So um, let, let's quickly talk about two things that you, number one, your aspiration to have your first fight. Yeah. And let, let's start from there. So, I mean, so yeah go ahead no like uh kind of like explain as to like how the desire to fight came about um i don't know when you when you're so consumed by something that you're doing it every day regardless of whether you're in pain or not and you're and you're actually starting to see a little bit of improvement and you like you break up certain plateaus you, you hit new levels um that that idea starts creeping into your psyche like hey maybe I can do this, you know, like on, a, on at least the amateur level. So I don't know, like, I, I think it was like a year into our training that I, I wanted to start sparring. Right. And then um, from there, yeah. I got my ass kicked by uh, coach Chris, like <laughs> yeah, really badly. And he let me know what uh, he was probably fighting at his lowest level, lowest level. And he was whooping my butt. And I was just, yeah, because I think at that time, like, Chris was not super active. I think he would show up to the gym maybe once a week, something like yeah, that. Yeah, and, like, the that disparity just really kind of just fueled me to put in more work. And then, like, those little things, those little, like, benchmarks of getting your ass whooped, trying to do this, trying to do that, and getting your ass whooped and doing that, you just, you know what, you know, DC talks about it. He calls it the rub. Once you, once you, the rub, yeah, the rub. Once you're in there with someone better than you, you get a little rub off of them. You find out what that next level is. I got it. You know what I, I mean? So it. you get the rub off. And who was, uh, who was, uh, got it? Who was what? So yeah, I got the rub off of Chris. And then I just started putting in more work because I realized what his lowest level was. And I, I was nowhere near that. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was such a reality check. Cause I thought I was pretty, I thought I was going to do pretty well considering because been training for a year look good on the pads but uh yeah he let me know that i i was not really ready for that so i, I like put my head down put in a lot more time and then uh, yeah dude th it, that that's when the competition starts like the idea of competition starts getting into your head you know it's just like okay this is Got where it. i'm at this is where i need to get to and without even knowing it you're thinking about hey i want to i want to fight you know what i mean <laughs> like Somewhere along the line, that just creeps into your head and it just stays there, it, like plants itself. And it's just like, that's what I want to do. Become committed to that idea. Got it. Um, and, and, you know, uh, uh, so for those of you guys out there, when I first started training people, um, I was like, I was super obsessed with the Mayweather Mid work, which is what John and I started off doing. So we were literally throwing like, you know, I'm exaggerating, but I would always call them like the 1,000 punch competitions, yeah. right? Um, and I, I think it was great for, you know, 
conditioning, you know, the, the fun factor, looking cool on the pads um, and all that good jazz. But I think over time, I just realized that, you know, that's not realistic boxing. You know, like there's no way you're going to throw that many combinations, that many punches. Uh, as a beginner, you'd be lucky if you like got like two to three licks off at oh, a time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's incredibly good. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, that's kind of when I started to kind of switch like, you know, more back in the traditional boxing as to how I was trained. Um, I think both have their, um, you know, their their time and place for it. But, you know, I, I think knowing the fundamentals, full length punches, timing and distance is what's really important. So, um, and when, when John Juan starts sparring, like, I didn't have the experience to do that. So I think, I think there was like a little, like what, six month period when you kept talking about it, we didn't really do anything or I didn't do anything. And then saw that, you know what, maybe uh, it's time to kind of have you, you know, go uh, send you to a coach that can help you. So that's when um, I referred John to uh, my friend, uh, Coach Jose, who's uh, an exceptional trainer um, from the amateur all the way up to the Bellator MMA level. So, um, yeah, so kind of tell us what or oh, how that's been like, um, you know, when you first started training boxing for fitness versus, you know, training for fighting. Uh definitely the focus is different for sure like when you're boxing for fitness you're you're not thinking about getting punched at all you know so you right. can be relaxed on certain forms uh be timing power you're not really thinking about all of that you know like but when you're boxing for to fight everything becomes magnified you know it's like you're in the playoffs you <laughs> know like every little minor detail is scrutinized because that mistake could lead to you getting really, really hurt. So um, that's the biggest. Now, now shit gets real. It gets real. Yeah, it gets. I mean, it gets real. Like if if you're if you're if your defending hand is half an inch lower, like I, he will literally stop and just admonish me for dropping that hand. You know, like, wow. he's like, you can't do that. You're gonna get knocked out. You know, those are the words that I keep hearing. Is like. So over time, you're fixing all these mistakes and you're just, you're plugging all these holes in the boat. That's what training camp is. That's what, you know, like you're plugging all the holes that, that you haven't even noticed before. And it's, it's, it can be mentally straining at first, but then once you start plugging up enough about them anymore, you're just doing them, you know, like, and then right. your training can get more and more focused that way. So it's like, once you start sparring for real, that, that's when the real fun happens, you know, like, cause all of those doubts and worries about getting hurt or blah, 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 looking foolish, they all go out the window because you have a goal in mind and about reaching that goal. So it's, 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 it's a world different. I mean, they're both fun. Boxer size and, and training for fighting, they're both fun, you know, but just in different ways. You just have to hit that level mentally to, like, want to get to the fight, you know. Right. Because nobody can force you no, to want no, to fight. you don't have to. It's only if you want to. <laughs> right, right. Only if you want to. Um, so let's just say, you know, one of your friends wants to start boxing, right? And, you know, uh, they say that they're not really, you know, they're not just, they're not really doing it to fight, but they do want to kind of like learn the arts and get, get in shape. But they say maybe there might be a possibility that I might want to fight later. What is one advice you would give them 
to keep in mind even while they're doing boxercise to make that make a smoother transition between fitness and um, whatever whatever fears you have about it uh keep those fears those those fears are what's going to make you better it's going to drive you to do the things that you don't necessarily want to do and it'll it'll carry you through the the doubt times when you're like i don't want to do this i don't want to do that but if you want to fight you're going to have to want to do these things because if you don't do it that you know like that that laziness will will show it'll you know like that work you didn't do will show up on the fight night you know like Got it. so so basically you're saying it's it's okay yeah. to have fear, um, admit it, and then keep it close. Yeah, use it. It'll keep you working harder. Use Got your it. fear. Got it. It'll it'll help you do the work. You know. Because uh, mm, I I know like sometimes uh, you'd be doing two days uh, within the morning. <laughs> you know when people do two days. Uh, they used to do like a morning and night, but John would do two days. Like he'll go to like Lobos with train with john and then he'll come to fortune and put in like another hour's work on himself um uh why do you why do you do huh? that bro i mean i i why do you do like why do you put yourself so hard like i know like you want to get better um you know you want to have your first fight uh but just training almost on a daily yet you're doing like like sometimes you kind of a lot of times you kind of go overboard and do that crazy extra credit. Like, what does that do for you? Uh, it, it puts, it puts work in the bank. And I, what I've realized with boxing is the more work you do, the better you're going to get, regardless of this whole recovery period or taking it easy. Like even coach Jose is like, dude, you need to take it easy. You know, like even you're like, dude, you should take it easy. Go home. blah blah blah. But I think, you know, this, the more, the more work you put in that those, extra steps that you're going to get, you know, like, it's, you know, uh, I think, um, man, I, I struggle with that idea for so long because, um, you know, as you know, I, I lost like, a ton of weight and whatnot. And there was a period in my life when I was li literally working out like three, four times a day because I was working at 24 mm -hmm. hours trainer. Um, I had huge gaps in my schedule and, you know, people would always ask me like, yo, like, I think you're overtraining. And I would literally have like arguments with these people about overtraining. And, and I would sit there and try to explain to people. And I'm like, wow. Then I was like, why am I saying to these people that would just never understand what I'm going through? You know what I mean? Like, like you don't understand where I come from, what I'm trying to do and what I need to do physically and mentally to keep myself staying and to, you know, so, you know what I mean? There's so many, there were so many things I want to achieve. And I had such, in my mind, I had such little time that I possibly couldn't afford no, to take a break. Now, I think, I think there is a balance in between the two. But, um, you know, for me, it was, uh, I had so much doubt in my head that if I wasn't working, I would get filled with doubts. And so really, like, the work was my antidote. That's to the only antidote to doubt. And the, <laughs> Because it, yeah, because doubt was consuming my life, you know, because of where I came from, and I just, I just couldn't deal with it. And so the only way I could do that was by working more. That that's like man, if you if you want if you have that drive to work and you want to work, work work until you drop. You think anybody told 
Kobe Bryant that he overtrained or Dave Goggins that he overtrained. I'm sure they did, but they're just like, you know what? Then you and I can't relate, you know, like. <laughs> right, right. Uh, you know, Kobe even said like, uh, you know, if I had, you know, I wasn't even a big basketball fan, but I did love listening to Kobe Bryant's interviews and whatnot. And I think he said one time that like, you know, if I have to force you to work out, if I have to force you to drill or get in the gym, I can't be around you because yeah. you're going to make me feel stupid. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Like, I totally know what this guy's saying. Like, that's how crazy he needed to be the best. And look what happened when he rests in peace. But, you know, he, yeah. he he's a legend. You know, he was a living legend. And now he's an incredible legend because he passed away, unfortunately. But, you know, nobody applauds somebody for being active. No, man. And that only comes from working hard I know it sounds so cliche when you say it over and over again but that's it's the truth man like I I never would have made my gains or progressed in 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 boxing unless I put in more than what the average guy my age is putting into it or my level um like well you gotta really enjoy the process man (laughs) like and the struggle is the process to struggle, to hit that next level, to challenge yourself. That's the process, you know, and you're going to suffer throughout the whole thing, but that's the beauty of it. <laughs> and, right. Right. That, that exactly is the beauty of it. Um, and you know, there are going to be times when that sounds like such a meme and you're just going to say, fuck it. But you know, I, I know for me personally, whenever I find myself not to be working or, you know, filled with doubt and whatever. It's like, oh, no, no, it's because I stopped working. It was really that simple. It's because I stopped working and I stopped believing. And, you know, uh, that's the only reason why I was feeling like that. But if I was working, like, it'd be be minimal, little to minimal. You know what I mean? Plus, if you're putting in that work Um, and you still fail, that's okay because you put in the work. You know, there's no, there's no excuse. You know, like, you're okay with it. Absolutely. Yeah, because, uh, you know, you tried your best, and if you failed, then, you know, um, like, like look at when Conor, uh, Conor McGregor first lost uh, against um, yeah. Diaz, first, right? First one or second one? Like, uh, the first one. Oh, yeah. the first time he lost. Oh, it, what, did he lose twice? No, he lost he, once. It was, it's 1-1. One, one. Okay, yeah, 1-1. One, one. So when he lost against Diaz, um, I honestly thought he was going to come back and talk all this shit and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, he really took that yeah, loss like a champ, bro. And, yeah, he, he took it like a champ. And, uh, 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 what, what were we talking about right before this? If you, oh, if you lose, like, if you put in your best work and you lost, like, you're going to take it like a man. And, you know, he took he took the loss like a man. He came back and was stronger and won, right? Like, I, I think it, it's all about, you know, when you go to sleep at night, do you know that you, you did the work? And if you know you did the work, you can still go to sleep in peace. Uh, yeah, I, I know a lot of people that can't, you know? Like, they, they need to prove to themselves that they put in the work and there's there's a small handful of people that don't give a shit <laughs> but i mean both, both yeah are pretty but I, I don't know man like i don't think i don't think i'd be where i'm at today unless i put in the work in boxing because boxing does it puts confidence under your belt you know 
And even if you got, like, let's say if I got in a fight, like, and some guy was saying disparaging shit to me, most people would take that as a loss. But I just, you know, like, I would walk away knowing that, hey, <laughs> this motherfucker walked away with his life right there. You know, like, that, that's the kind of confidence that I walk around with. So. <laughs> yeah, amen to that, bro. Amen to that, man. Um, yeah, man. So uh, uh, we could talk around forever about your boxing journey, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll definitely run this back later. But before uh, the second part of this is, uh, so John had created uh, LVSR, which is uh, lefties versus righties boxing, uh, technical boxing equipment. Um, first off, let's kind of talk about uh, what prompted you to uh, make your boxing I was spending thousands of dollars on on boxing clubs, <laughs> so I was like, "Why don't why not like spend all these thousands of dollars on my own my own brand?" So that's kind of where the idea came from. And uh, to be honest, I did I did kind of rush into it, so I'm not like trying to push it or sell it right now. I'm just trying to figure out like what a good boxing glove is. So that's where I'm at with that. You know, it's just like I I did my first run. And I'm trying to get good feedback on it. I'm giving it to like pros, trainers, amateurs, and uh, trying to just get the right feedback so I, I know what the next step is. Because, you know, like it, there's no exact science to a boxing glove. You know, it's just foam, cotton, and leather. You nope. know? Right. But how, like, like the, the right quantity and the right quality and the right combination. Yeah, I mean, it, it really depends on what you're doing it for, too. There's so many different, like, weights and, and there's lace-ups, Velcro, blah, blah, blah. Like, like you know, whatever situation you're in, there there's a, a boxing training glove for you, you know? So there's so many different kinds. I'm not trying to produce every single kind, you know? I want to specialize in, in, in gloves that uh, are more all-encompassing, right. I guess, but also have a few... So, on your first run, uh, what were some of the uh, couple changes or aspects that you really concentrated on? on your first uh, run? Well, I wanted something that um, looked good first. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that's important, man. I, I really don't want to. Yeah, right. That look terrible because there are. Uh, uh, I'm not going to name names, um, but there's a company out there. I think they make some really quality stuff that I do mm -hmm. like as well and I use. But man, like, yeah. it's just fucking ugly. <laughs> you know, it's like, it makes me not branding and looks, I think, you know? is, I think, was the first thing for me because most of the, most of the stuff out there, even the good ones, are just like, uh, I feel like they're kind of little weekend design, you know? Yeah. And I think, um, uh, some of these companies out there, they they've made a they've made a living off of like ripping other companies off. So it, it just and it, it's just all yeah. the gloves start and to look the same. To be honest, after yeah. talking to some folks uh, that are in the business, I realized like a lot of the boxing gloves, they're like yeah, you have your high quality ones, but amongst the high quality ones, there's not much. It's not much difference from the middle quality to the lower quality. You know, like they're all pretty much made of the same guts it's just how they're put together that's a little bit different yeah and the quality right but that that i mean but that makes a big difference because you know like mm -hmm. i'm a huge foodie um and you know it's like two two people can take you know uh 
bell peppers, rice, and sausage and make like this incredible yeah. fried rice, right? And then the next person makes like, you know, so it's like, it's not about the ingredients. Like it's about yes. how they cook it up together. There, right? is, a, so there is, is a big difference in the construction for sure. But that, that also within that, like they have their tiers, you know, so you can go to a good, like a, a great, a great glove brand and a medium glove brand and a, and a cheap glove brand might all get their stuff produced in the same factory. That's the crazy thing. You know what I mean? So like mm-hmm. the same guy can be making this cheap shit and the same guy can be making this high quality shit. So it's just, you, it depends on what you're paid for. And uh, I think in that sense, you're looking at maybe not that big a percentage difference in, in quality. You know what I'm saying? Got it. But, but so, so let me ask the next question, which is, so what does make a great uh, What you want is decent protection. So you want at least like, what, two to three layers of, of foam padding. There's like different densities that are involved in that. Mm-hmm. And most gloves have that. And the quality of the foam padding can vary depending on how expensive the glove is and how good the materials are. Uh, other... so, so, so two... Glove A and Glove B could have both three layers, but it comes down to what is the yeah, quality. The quality of the, of the triple layer. And I think number two yeah. is glove shape and construction. So like my favorite type of gloves are uh, Mexican gloves because they have more of a squarish flat okay. hitting surface. So it like literally, it tells you what, to, what part of the glove to hit with. Yeah. <laughs> That's the beauty of Mexican gloves. Like when you look at like winning or uh, like these Chinese gloves rival, it's a bit of a more rounded surface. So it's a little bit harder to discern where to like land your yep. your your punches on. But Mexican gloves, it just literally spells it out for you. This is the surface you need to punch with. Yeah. So so we're talking more about your like your 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 grants, your Reyes, your Casanova. Yeah, even grants, I feel like um they're not as like obvious, but I, but I think click, click those are obvious. I, my favorite so far, like I, out of everything, are Casanova Nicalis. They're like it's yep. probably the best punching glove I've ever used. So. And they spell it out for you. It's it's square as fuck. It looks like a box, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's a very distinct look look to how. Um, how those gloves are made and um, you know exactly like where you want to land your punches on um speaking about glove shape so on the knuckle it's so you're saying like you definitely want a really it's much nicer when you have a very distinct um uh, place as to where you should be landing your knuckles on uh where in your gloves should your knuckles be placed at um, when you put them on Usually, if you have a decent quality glove, they have uh, little things at the tip of the glove, like fingertip holding, like a like a little piping. Yeah, yeah, kind of, almost. Yeah, like, like a, a little finger, piping like a thing little that you can grab your the the glove with, with the fingertip. So yeah. I usually go a mm-hmm. little bit past that, and then so I can like grab it with the first okay. digit. And if you can, if you can do that, your glove, your knuckles okay. will kind of get past that back padding area because a lot of people i feel like they don't put their gloves on all the okay. way it look it doesn't even look like it when they're wearing it it looks like they're kind of 
it just slipped it on and that's it. You got to really like get your hand in there all the way in because you want to get past that back padding. Once you're past that back padding, then I think you're good. I've actually yeah. never a lot of, I feel like a lot of people crazy. at the gym that I see, they don't put their gloves on all the way in. Like when you and I put on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. We like we put it on super snug, like, but mentally, I never thought about, you know, going past the back padding and like pushing through the little finger grips. Like I never even thought about that. But um, I feel like a lot of times uh, uh, when people put on gloves at the gym, uh, they just yeah. kind of like kind of half-ass put it on like just kind of like as if it's yeah like that's why i don't really like velcro because you know? you're you're you, people might argue you get a little bit more wrist support and you can put it on and off yourself but like if you're gonna put your gloves on keep your gloves on you know don't ever fucking take them off until you're done with the training session. <laughs> that means no well i mean that that was that was like a, that's one thing that a lot of people yeah. do like if you're stopping you to get water gloves, like every uh, five minutes reason. you're not really training you <laughs> that is true that is true and the whole wrist support thing um that cannot be replaced with velcro like i don't care like what amazing type of um you know gloves you have like it's just not going to replace lace up um although uh i know Pluto yeah. does this i know you know donardo right uh donardo i know uh chris at the gym has a couple pairs and he recently got a new one yeah. where it has lace up and velcro like that's double um double the protection i know like the very first pair you ever bought was uh uh the hayabusa yeah, T3s, right that has like a double class but even then but even then like you know like it's not gonna you know like people lace argue up. the whole wrist support thing if if you need wrist support you're you're not punching <laughs> you need to work on your wrist strength a little bit and you need to punch more correctly and then you'll never have a wrist problem i've never had wrist problems because i i take the time to punch correctly i'm not mm. i'm not lazy with my shit you know like you should never have to worry about right. wrist protection and you know that that's a great point that's definitely a great point um so, so first off, uh, you want to have a very distinct punching yeah. surface on the glove. And secondly, you, uh, you want to be able to grip past. The, yeah, the finger uh, bar the should finger allow bar, you to get past the back pad, your knuckles to get past the back padding. Okay, the back padding. So yeah. you want to be able to really dig deep in there. Um, also, another thing, that? the third thing would be hand compartment size. I know, yeah, I know a lot of oh, people will like it snug, and sometimes it's a little too snug. So I like to have a large hand compartment so you can put as much wrap around your hands as you need to. And then you can still get your glove in comfortably mm. and still, um, you know. It, like, that's why custom gloves are great, because you can kind of figure all that out. But um, there are certain brands where it's just too tight right. and you can't even get, like, you can't even get your hands in the gloves unless you have like three people shoving your, your hand in there. You know, like... <laughs> uh, you know, we had this problem with your, yeah. Uh, with yeah. Your, it's uh, more like a glove gloves. meant for no wraps. It, and it's kind of crazy. It's, it's that snug. And, and like, I couldn't even get my hand out of it out of one session. That's, that's funny. Cause uh, I, I know, uh, you know, a lot rivals used by a lot of like, you know, sparring pros and whatnot. So I just kind of thought it was funny that they would make, um, yeah, it's weird. Like it's, that. But, uh, 
Um, and especially it's a great glove, but yeah, that was a little mm-hmm. weird. Yeah, just because I was like, God, like I think we literally tried to put on your gloves. <laughs> yeah, you for couldn't about, do it like, five minutes straight. Um, and, 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 and granted, like you do yeah. use pretty thick, uh, thick wraps just because you put in gauze and whatnot. Um, uh, yeah, because I found my old pants yeah, in my closet yesterday and I put them on and I was like, God, like this has such a huge hand compartment. And I remember why I didn't like it, but I was like, ah, oh. but I, uh, I had these gloves when I was still yeah. not as knowledgeable. So like what I probably would have needed if I use them again, at when we get back to gym, um, I would definitely use my thicker, you know, gauze with the Velcro wrap. Put Especially together with like the, the Mexican punchers gloves, they have less padding. So you kind of want to protect your hand more with those. That's, that's what it, yeah, it has yeah. Uh, it has very minimal padding. It has very minimal padding. So so this the so we got the square we got the square uh, knuckle surface. Uh, then we got the finger compartment and the hand compartment. So are you do you think that a I like a hand bigger hand compartment? Or a um, hand compartment if you want to train for like if you want to just train on the bag for speed and stuff like that, then you can put on less wrap and get a snugger fitting glove. But um, I think that's the only time mm-hmm. that would be called for, you know, for a smaller hand compartment. Like, you don't even need padding at that point if you're just training for speed. You can just get those bag gloves, you know, the ones you slip on without any wraps on. Those. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know, I know a lot yeah. of Yeah, or like, there's even old school boxes so. that just put on garden gloves. Those, those like, thick leather garden gloves with no, with no wraps on. And they'll just punch the bag with padding. So, like... Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't really like the small hand compartment. To be honest, bigger hand compartment allows for more freedom. Got for you to get your hand in and out to put on as much wrap as you need to for training. Because you know some people have um, weak hands. You know, so you got to put on that wrap. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, what what about the thumb compartment? I, I know what uh, thumb's kind of been an issue for me as well. Uh, too. As, Do you have any thoughts about the thumb? Well, it should be attached. So you don't want to detach at all. You can accidentally thumb somebody, but uh, mm. I think as long as it keeps it out of the way of your your punching surface, which is mainly the first two three knuckles. Even when you're throwing a, if you throw a hook errantly, right. it should keep it. Like, I remember one time uh, we were we were hitting pads, and the winning like it. Winning is probably one of the better gloves that I've ever used. Probably number two, very close to Casanova. The one thing I don't I don't like about winning is it's very loose in the okay. thumb. Your thumb can move around real easily. Mm. Yeah, I think the attachment from the thumb oh, to the hand sorry. compartment is, is kind of wide. So I remember throwing a hook and I missed and I hit it with my thumb. And my thumb got jarred because it was it wasn't snug in there. So gotcha. what you want is a is a glove that'll keep your thumb out of the way mm-hmm. and snug snugly out of the way. Like you, it won't move or jar around. You know. So. So general rule of thumb, you you want the attachment between the thumb and the hand to be yeah, yeah. fairly shorter than rather than longer. Got it. Okay. Um, I I know some people make a. Uh, an issue about like the uh, the the edge uh, of the, the glove. opening. Do you have any thoughts about that? 
So not not the thumb, but no. So if let's say if I put on my left glove and all the way to the left side, mm -hmm. like the bottom of it, like the way that's cut up, like whether it's fat, it's kind of round. Like is there no, any, no, I don't think so. I should watch um, out for that part. I just think those those are the main points you probably want to look for in a glove, and I would always advise for a lace up lace up glove. Yeah, like because uh, okay. uh. I don't and the reason being if you're supporting your wrist, you're not strengthening your wrist. You know what I mean? It's the same uh like people who put uh lifts in their shoes for because they don't have they have flat feet, like arch support, you're not working out your arch, so you're never gonna have arch mm -hmm. support. You know? So it's the same thing, the same concept for the wrist. Mm -hmm. If you're not if you're not training your wrist to punch properly and it, it then you're never going to have that wrist strength to punch without a glove, you know, that doesn't give you that wrist support. And so, and so you're saying the lace with, up uh, strengthening your wrist with... for sure. Cause it, it, it'll, if you punch, if you punch with a cock wrist, you're going to feel that pain. You know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of people who rely on that wrist support in Velcro, got it. Exactly. They probably punch with a cock wrist. You're not punching with the straight rib. Uh, okay, got it, got it. So, so the the lace up system will help the wrist stay intact, so that if you ever and number one, it's going to teach you yeah. to throw with a tighter wrist, and also if you ever yeah, had because if you look at lace up girls without anything in it, they're very floppy. You know, they don't they don't offer very much your support in the first place. Yeah. That's very true. That's very because uh, sometimes like I'll just kind of hold the glove yeah, and by the wrist. And that's what you want. You want down. less so support because yeah. your your body will learn to give give that support itself. Okay, got it. Um, now, when when it comes to gloves, um, it's okay, buddy. It's a long time. Lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, so we we're just talking about wrist support. Um, okay, uh, is there? Oh, there we go. That's the question. Uh, weight distribution of the glove. What are your thoughts about that? Because I feel like some of the more expensive, more expensive brands tend to have a little bit better weight distribution from the edge, the from the top of the knuckles. I don't think that's really an wrist. issue. I feel like, like that's an issue. I've heard a lot about that and i have enough gloves that have differently weight distributed stuff you know like some people want more padding on their wrists because to block and parry punches i'm just like eh. and like the way they punch it feels different i'm just i don't think so to be honest um as long as you have padding over your knuckles and your thumb uh and your backhand you should be fine like that you, you there should be no complaints about how the okay. weight is distributed in my opinion Cause it, like you're not like if you're thinking about that like okay, that, cool. <laughs> you're not thinking about punching and dodging punches, <laughs> right? Right. Um, because I I think everybody is on a different level of boxing, so um, depending on where their boxing is at, like you know there are things that will concern them and won't concern them. Uh, but basically, what John is trying to say is that. 
you know, it has less to do with the glove yeah. and more you, with your technique, but do keep sure. But I mean, like, there's certain sparring more. gloves that have more padding around the wrist and on on the backside of the wrist, you know, to to deal with like blocking plunges and stuff like that. But if you're just on the bag, you, you shouldn't have to worry about like diff- how the glove is distributed because you're gonna use a lighter glove anyways, you know. So you can't really distribute the weight on a lighter glove got anyways. Um, and got it um and what ounce or weight should someone choose for the boxing uh i would say for mitt work if you're like my size like 165 170 pounds i'd say mitt work mitt work and bag work 10 ounce 12 ounce um i think either one's fine i would say mitt work you want to you would want to go with 10 ounce on the bag maybe 12 uh sparring definitely 16 nothing under 16 Even if you're a small person, 16 is probably the way to go. Oh. And, and why a little bit heavier? Because you're probably going to, you can probably punch a little bit harder on the bag. And that'll just kind of just absorb a little, Got like, it. just a percentage more shock than, than a 10 ounce. Unless you can control your power. If you can control your power, you can probably go 10 ounce on the bag. But... Okay. Um, Now, so basically, how many gloves do you think would be ideal as a beginner? to buy as a beginner? All you need is one pair. One pair. And then okay. once you get deeper into it and you, and you want to get that to that next level and you want to train different aspects of your game, that's when you can get different gloves. Like, it, like uh, if, it's, if you're only yeah. doing pad work, you know, I'd say like either a 10-ounce or a 12-ounce, whatever you're more comfortable with at the start. I would probably go with 12 ounce if you're just beginning. Yeah. And then 10 ounce as you get faster okay. and more coordinated. And, um, okay. And, and obviously, because you have your own brand, but uh, minus your own personal gloves that you produce, what are your top three top, favorite top boxing glove brands? Top three? I'd say uh, Casanova. They're, they're known as Nikali. Now they're number one. Winning is probably number two, and I'd say um, Clayton Reyes is number three. Wow. Okay. And how many uh, pairs of outs- gloves do you outside have? Outside of my glo- uh, <laughs> my brand gloves, I probably have like thirteen pairs. Wow. I, I think I think we're. Uh... I don't know how many pairs I have, but it's. I I want to buy more, but I'm just like, how can I justify (laughs) buying more when I have all the (laughs) all these gloves in my garage? You can't. You can't. Okay, Uh, if you can buy another pair and you can never buy another pair again, Uh, out of the ones that I've used, is probably Casanova. But there's one glove brand I really want to try, and I'll probably never ever end up owning a pair is uh, Denardo. Because I just can't justify yeah. paying that much. I don't care how good, great it is. You know, it's, it's just a boxing glove. Well, I, I think it's what, about a thousand dollars. I mean, there's different options, but that's anywhere from uh, $900 to a thousand dollars for your set of training gloves. Yeah, man. Uh, I think that I saw that they just came out with a pair of, uh, of um, what is it called? Uh, 
uh, Corona masks. Oh, <laughs> they were like super leather and shit like that. And I was like, oh, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, um, I, I understand they want to make money, but I just thought, in my personal opinion, I just didn't think it was a, it was a good um, brand call. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, uh, you're making Corona masks, but you're selling $1,000 yeah. Gloves. I don't know. It's just, it's just my personal opinion. They're a little um, funny. He, that guy is that guy's a little funny, but he he's obviously a, no, no, no. I haven't talked to him, but I've just like, oh, seen interviews and like little things on him. But interesting guy, interesting history. You know, like where he comes from and, and, and the leather world and stuff like that. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, man. Uh, so I know you gotta get back to daddy duties, man. Um, but. Uh, if you could just leave us with uh, maybe like a mantra or a life lesson that boxing has taught you that you carry um, with you on a daily. What boxing has taught me. Uh, boxing has taught me extreme humbleness and humility. And if you can make yourself a badass and, and, and humble at the same time, that's probably the goal that you'd be most happiest attaining, you know, like, uh, there's a true balance there where you you know you can do something but you don't because you don't want to hurt anybody and you don't want to get hurt yourself. And who do you think is a good example uh, of that? Dude, any <laughs> any fighter out there that doesn't get into, you know, any public uh, fights or fighting any civilians and stuff like that. Those are all badasses, man. Because I'm sure, like a lot of fighters, like real fighters, professional fighters, they they get uh, they probably get harassed, you know. <laughs> yeah, and like the patience that all you time. have to exhibit to like man. not do anything that that's a special thing right there, man. That's a that's a confidence that like you can't you can't just duplicate. You have to put in the work. You have to know you can beat somebody up and then not beat them up. That's like, that's beautiful. Right there. Oh, man. there was a, there was a video of Matt Sarah. I think it was like at a, like yeah. it was like a buffet or something. And some dude was like harassing the shit out of him. I think Matt Sarah had to mount him down and then literally not punch this guy. Yeah, he sunned him. him I remember watching that video, and you just like that's that's the goal, man. Like, hey, I this is childish. I'm I'm a real I'm a man. I'm a big man, and I could I could hurt you, but I'm not because I'm a big man. You know, like he he literally had to sit there and laugh this off for five minutes. I'm like, oh my god, Matt Sarah is about to blow the fuck up right Isn't now. Isn't that the foolish shit? Did, which I thought was super cool, man. Yeah, because you know, I think um, you know a lot of people want to talk about alpha males this, alpha males that, but I mean, to me, I was like, wow, like that is a real alpha male right there. You know, you can kick ass, yeah, but you don't because you know you will just. I consider that being humble and and knowing humility and being a human being. You know, like you're dangerous, but you're not going to exhibit it. You know. That's fucking cool, man. All right, Thanks for having me. Well, thank you so much for your time, man. Um, <laughs> you know, I know the baby's for sure, man. Um, I know the baby's coming soon, so uh, good yeah, hopefully this all ends soon so we can get back to I'll training. Soon, I'm like going crazy. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't wait, bro. I right, can't thanks, wait, man. man. <laughs> all right, bro.